Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me right now is Derek Havens. We are hoping to have Steve Balistrieri join us hopefully soon. He is dealing with some technical issues. But... Regardless, we're going to go ahead with the show. So, Derek, and it looks like we might have Steve joining us, which is actually very good. So I'm going to try to bring on Steve. He looks like he's on his phone. Steve, you with us? Yeah. Unfortunately, we have no power here right now, uh, no internet. I think somebody hit a light pole. So I, okay. I can log in via my phone. That's why I, I, it's a little shaky. But No, that's okay. You got to do what you got to do, right? Absolutely. It wouldn't have been a show without you, especially <laughs> a show about escaping from New York. And that's I love the that theme. title. Right. It, that's the theme of the show. We'll obviously talk about the Colts game, but this was an escape, guys. We'll talk about that in a second. But before we do anything else, please do subscribe on YouTube to PatsFans.com's YouTube channel. As I've been told from Ian Logue, it keeps growing. So please do subscribe. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Say something nice about Derek and Steve. Say something bad about me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as you say something, people find us. Okay? So, let's not... They don't have them. to. Derek Derek will talk bad about you enough. Yeah, oh. absolutely. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. Guys, let's not waste any time. Let's talk about this. I've been waiting to talk about this. And, uh, Derek, I'll start with you. Give me your opening thoughts on the victory. And uh, you and I, and I'll just mention this to anyone that was on Twitter. Yes, I was tweaking Derek a little bit. He was getting a little bit frustrated with the game. So I was playing <laughs> with him a little bit. And uh, But he does that on the show, so I thought it was, you know, a little revenge. But Derek, give me your opening thoughts on the victory. First of all, it was borderline harassment. It was every single tweet. I'm like, he's just trying to pick a fight with me right now. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> But <laughs> oh man, he was he was just poking the bear for like oh, a was, good solid I hour. I was poking. Okay, to the game. Yes, actually, a game. lot to unpack with this game, yeah, guys. There's a um, ton. First and foremost, I I think that I want to give credit to the Patriots for how uh, they were able to kind of, I guess. I guess rally after being down a little bit early. Um, I thought that the Jets came out and. They had a decent game plan, I thought, yeah. to start. I do think the coaches helped bury them, and they were complicit in that loss, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But that that Jets defense is really good. and it is. And uh, they were flying around. That front seven gave you a lot of problems. Cole Strange had a really tough game. But, you know, when you have James Ferentz and Cole Strange versus someone like Quinn and Williams, that's kind of to be expected. And and honestly, that's something that we're going to have to talk about later in the show, too, because they have another tough matchup in DeForest Buckner this coming week, too. So that is a problem. Uh, I thought uh, the Patriots uh, offensively, we'll, we'll get to Mac Jones here shortly. I, yep. I mean, he wasn't good in this game, but it's hard because, again, the Jets defense is good, and that offensive line had a really rough day. And I do think the Patriots' problems right now are starting up front. Uh, there's a lot of issues, and it's been it's been like that going all the way back to the summer. 
since the beginning of this whole season, back to minicamp and OTAs and training camp, when all the beat reporters were saying that Mac was spiking the ball into the ground because the offensive line was having issues, it has been a problem all year long, and it continues to be. So that, to me, is a really big issue. Um, I do think Ramondre Stevenson is turning into a star before our eyes. Uh, he should. He has been terrific uh, and has has really, really taken the lion's share of the carries. And I think it's because he is just uh, he he just kind of gives the offense a different dimension. I think Damian Harris is a good player, but I think they know the future is with Ramondre Stevenson, which is why you've seen him take over so much. Uh, I think that uh, and. Like I said, there's a lot to unpack here, but the other thing I'll say is Zach Wilson is still kind of Zach Wilson. And (laughs) you saw on some throws. I have a counter to that, by the way. I have a counter to that. We'll get get to Zach Wilson because I think that you are shortchanging the Patriots defense because they pressured Zach Wilson to make him make those throws. So I'm not going to go with you on that. Not all the time, though. Every throw, every pick, you go back, he was under pressure. Russ, he has this thing where he drops back and he like almost like fades to the left or the right. He does. And he throws his mechanics off. He does this. Like that interception yeah. of McCordy on the sideline. Was oh, they just, were horrible interceptions. That's on him. It's but like he was he pressured every away. single time. Just keep yeah. that in mind. Uh, that, and that's fine. But I'm just telling you, I, whether it's the Patriots game or any game, he, he has the arm talent. You can yep. see it. But it's just the decision-making. It's between the ears. It's yep. similar to Josh Allen. I'm not saying he'll become Josh Allen. We don't know. Right. But if it clicks mentally, he has the tools there. You can see it. There are some really nice throws he had in that game, and there are some horrible ones. And I'll say this. I don't know why the Jets offense came into the game saying they need to throw it 41 times and put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands. I don't understand why that needed to, that needed to happen. But, you know, it, they for some reason, the Jets offensive plan was to go through Zach Wilson, and yeah. I just didn't understand that at all. Because if they had run the ball – 10 to 15 times over passing that many. I think this is a lot closer of a game. Okay. Well, we'll tackle that in a second. Steve, over to you. Give me your opening thoughts on the victory. And can I just say, just make sure everyone knows the Patriots actually won the game. So I just want to mention that. They did, <laughs> they did win. And, uh, you know, I, I think they won in spite of the offensive line on, uh, on Sunday, because, that was among the worst performances I've seen by a Patriot offensive line. I'm, I'm going back to the early 70s, you know, when everything was falling apart uh, with the Patriots. And uh, that's about the worst I've seen it. I mean, okay. he was sacked six, uh, Mac Jones, he was sacked six times. He was hit eight times. He was pressured 17, a season high. He was pressured 17 times twice last year. Both of them were losses against the Saints and uh, the Buccaneers. So, I mean, it's hard to accomplish anything when your quarterback has no time. I I thought the play calling was a little suspect. And I've been, you know, one of those people that have been saying, hey, the play calling has been just fine. But I thought this week with the pressure that he was under, it wasn't until like uh, starting with the third quarter that they changed it up a little, went to a quicker, shorter passing game, and then they were able to move the ball. They still weren't able to put it in the end zone, but they at least they kept coming away with points, and that was important because, you know, that <clears throat> after that um, penalty on the Jets at the end of the first half, yep. that changed the entire complex uh, complexion of the game, I thought. Everything changed on that. And, I was just about to go there, my friend. Almost and, and you know, the one thing that I take away from this, and, and again, you know, I've said this a couple of times on the show, it, it seems like when when they can come out of the half, they have some scripted plays, and they always seem to move the ball. They don't always score, obviously, yeah. but they always seem to move the ball, you know, at the beginning of the third quarter. And this, this week – they scored a touchdown. I yeah. mean, Stevenson broke off a 35-yard run. There was a nice return by Jonu Smith that set them up. And then, you know, the pass to uh, Jacoby Myers in the end zone. I, I thought that was really – I mean, that was really, really good offense on that one. Um, then going back to the defense, I mean, a week after they give up 243 yards to the Browns, 
the Jets like to fancy themselves as a running football team. Their coach has said that all along. They only had 51 yards rushing. I know. I know. And that, I mean, granted, Reese Hall wasn't there. Right. We understand that. But they picked up James Robinson, who's a good back, and they have Michael Carter, who's a good back. Yep. So it's not like the cupboard was bare. But I thought the Patriots did a much better job this week. Um, the pass defense to me was hit or miss. It's I'd have to go back and watch the tape for a third time. But um, it seemed like they were either really, really sticky or somebody was wide open or – and, you know, in a couple of instances, the Jets just made some great plays. Um, I mean, go back to that. Go back to that Tyler Conklin touchdown early where I thought Josh Bledsoe had great coverage. And yeah, it was right just there. a heck right of a there. throw and catch by Con- Conklin, by the way, can play for me any day. He, he's oh, yeah, he, he's, he's outstanding. I yeah. um, And, you know, um, but they had some big chunk plays. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the secondary needs to tighten that up. But overall, I thought the defense played pretty well, um, especially after the way they played on Monday night and a short week. You know, I, I give credit to the coaches. They they come up with a game plan. The, the players were all prepared this week. And, you know, I think, you know, when you're facing a team that's won four in a row um, and you're on the road and you come away with an ugly win, I don't care if it's ugly or whatever, Still that, that's, a, that's a good win there. You know, they they won four in a row. They were riding high, and you were playing in their house. And all week we heard the Jets talk about, you know, this was payback for that blowout last year, and it didn't happen. No, no. you got and, – and keep in mind, I mean, I, I do think – I have a lot of issues with how the Patriots played this last week, but I will say this. We all talked about this last week. They needed to have this game, and they got it. Bottom line, that is the biggest headline is right. – they had to have this game. If you wanted any type of a season, you're last place. We're almost halfway through the year. You're, this is a division game. You're playing them again in just a couple of weeks. You had to have this game, and they did. So that is the biggest takeaway from the game, despite all the issues with how they've played. You know, but we'll we'll keep diving into it. But that yep. is the biggest takeaway. Okay, and uh, I'm going to share my opening thoughts. I'll start here, Derek Boomer sooner. Ramondre Stevenson, I have to go there. I have to start. He was actually very good here. As I uh, wanted to say that, I'm thinking while you were talking about, yes, he is emerging as your feature back. I would agree with us. Now you can use him on third down and passing downs, which is great. So that is a huge positive. But as you guys have said, the big thing for me is getting the victory. No matter how you got it, however you slice it and dice it, we're going to talk about the almost pick six that changed the game. I'm going to go there in right. one second. Even <laughs> with that, calls go against you. They go for you. This yep. one went for you. Mm-hmm. You still have to win the game. The big takeaway for me is halftime. Steve had already mentioned this. They made some halftime adjustments. They had a very good scripted game plan offensively coming out. I love the fact that they went, I wouldn't call it, like real fast, no huddle, but it was no huddle. And they kept the Jets in their, I guess you could say in their main package. And uh, they were able to take advantage of that. Yeah, they, they had some they had, they had had some nice drives uh, early in that third, Russ. I did right. think it kind of fizzled because <laughs> I just think the offensive line and Mac weren't playing great. But I, but I mean, they did, they, that, that, that time really did shift a lot of momentum to your point. Okay. Uh, and they, the way- they shut out the Jets for 28 minutes in the yep. second half, too. That was a big thing. Yep. Uh, when you send me a shirt, maybe I'll get some uh, tight endage banner there, Claire. I, I don't have a <laughs> – I'm not paying for it. I hate to tell you. I'm not going to pay for it. If you want to send one to me, that's fine. <laughs> I love you, Claire, by the way. Okay. So let's get to the almost pick six guys that changed the game. There, We could go so many different directions on this. Was he sped up, Derek? The answer is probably yes. Yes. Did Jacoby Myers potentially not read what Mac Jones read? Yes. Yep. Was it a late hit? I'm going to say in modern NFL, yes. With that said, do I like the fact that calls like that are called? Probably not. But you know what? It goes for you and it goes against you. I'm going to take it. It did change the game. Derek, your thoughts on the almost pick six? Well, um, Franklin Myers 
the way the way he I didn't like the way the ref announced it, but what he did, I don't like I don't like the penalty, but it's consistent with what they've kind of called. I mean, this it's not like it, it wasn't a put it this way. It's it wasn't an egregious error by the referees. I just don't I don't like it and I and I don't like the way he said launch because he didn't hit him too high or too low. But at the end of the day, we've seen calls like that, uh, you know, around the NFL. The quarterbacks are treated differently, and you don't have to like it. And I'm not saying I do either, but I don't think that it was a call that should be like overly shocking. You know, I just, I, 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 it was a, it was a massive play. If you're looking 17, 17 3 down the barrel, you might come back in that game, but we haven't really seen too many two touchdown comebacks from this team over the last few years. So I don't know. And with the defense playing for New York the way they had been, you're looking up. It's it. You're looking up. You know, kind of a a tough road. And um, I do think the game was changed on the call. Um, again, who do you think is ultimately responsible for the pass? Who do you blame? What? Who do you blame for the pass? Who do you blame for the almost pick six? Do you blame Mac Jones? Do you blame Jacoby Myers? Do we just not know? I mean, we don't know, but I. I we don't know. I did thought I, I did think watching the game over yesterday that there was obvious miscommunication between both of them. So I'll give it. I mean, there's blame to go around. It was Mac, Jacoby, the offensive line. Credit to the credit to the Jets defense and Franklin Myers for getting the pressure. I mean, I, I, I it was a it was you know everyone was was to blame on that in my opinion. But I mean the the you know the problem is is that Mac Jones just is. The offense has just been really clunky a lot, and I think it really does start up front. I don't want to be a Mac apologist. I don't think he has been great all year. Um, I think he's had you know some throws here and there, but he just doesn't look comfortable. He hasn't looked comfortable all year, and he his po- his pocket presence, Horrible. his processing, Horrible. Has, yeah, but it, it's it's so different than what it was last year. He has quite okay. literally regressed, and and I have to I have to say, hey, you know what? The offensive line is worse than it was last year, and I think the coaching on the offensive side of the ball has gotten worse since last year. So I can say, okay, there are some things that you know he's not used to and not comfortable with, and oh, so it's gonna, it's going to be a learning process. He wouldn't be the first person to go through a second year kind of slump. At the same time, the results are the results, and they haven't been good with him. I mean, there's stretches in this game where, where he, you know, the offense kind of moves, but unless they start, you know, on like the 35, 45-yard line, they yep. can't get the ball into the end zone. Like, when's the last – I mean, even some of these drives, it's like it's like 12 plays, 60 yards, five minutes, and they get a field goal. I mean, it's just re- it just looks really, really hard on offense sometimes. <laughs> Okay. Hey guys, um, yes. my power just came back on. I'm gonna walk outside and turn everything on. I might drop off for a minute, and I'll log back in on my computer, That's so okay. I don't have to hold this thing. No worries. No worries. All right, I'll be right there. We'll see you soon. Okay, Steve will be joining us in just a second. So, Derek, when I look at this and we talk about the pick six that I think changed the game. I look at it this way, like I said at the beginning. These calls, you know, look at some of the calls in the NFL this year. The one in this game I thought was not as egregious as some of the other ones we've seen. Oh, yeah. You know, so for me, I understand why why the Jets head coach went ballistic. I I get all that, but honestly, uh, take a line because there are so many other coaches that are probably just – as upset with probably better cases than yours, because mm-hmm. that to me was borderline. That that was borderline. Yeah, was I, it- I don't. I don't think it was like we've never seen a call like that before. But I also think it was a it was a ticky tack call that in the moment should have yeah. been picked up. You know, I think both can be true, Russ. You know, yeah. I really do. Okay, so let's n- stay on the offense, and hopefully, Steve will be joining us shortly because. I think a main focus should be talking about the offensive line. Now, I don't think the offensive line has been terrible the entire season. It obviously has been bad at times. But I'm going to point to this. I'm not using this as an excuse. I'm using it as a jumping-off point to what's going on with them. The loss of David Andrews, Derek, you can't discount here, okay? I'm not saying that that doesn't excuse some of the play that they had here because they were horrible. But I think that it has affected Cole Strange. 
I think it has affected, Steve's told me, he thought it also affected Trent Brown. He sets everything up. David Andrews, nothing against what Ferentz did. It's not the same player. And I think this is a ripple effect. Now, when David Andrews has been in, I thought the Patriots' offensive line has gotten better and better. And now they have this huge setback. So I think the loss of David Andrews is uh, very significant in this game. Yeah, and I think that I don't think Trent Brown has had a very <clears throat> I don't think Trent Brown has had a very good or consistent um I don't think he's been very good or consistent. Um I think Isaiah Wynn the same. I think Marcus Cannon shows flashes of okay, but I think he's just he just doesn't really move that well anymore. Right. On Wendy has been solid pretty much all year. Um and Ferenc is kind of what we expected. I'm not I mean I don't I I I've said my piece on him before. I don't Just think he's a, a very good player, but Just but he but you know David Andrews was missed there, and Cole Strange had his worst game. And look, he had an extremely tough matchup, and yep. David Andrews wasn't there, so it wasn't really not to be expected. But like I said before, and I just think it, again, Mac Jones is a problem right now, but I I think that the off the line is honestly a bigger problem when when the protection is. When the protection is good and consistent, sometimes they can make some things happen. When he's getting pressured on what Steve, what did you say earlier? Seventeen dropbacks. That's crazy. Pressured? I mean, you, yes. What do you? What, what are we going to do? I, I don't care what quarterbacks that's, you have. That's forty-one percent of his dropbacks. It's, that's, it's, it's too much. Oh, it's, it's way too, too much. It's way. It's too much. much. And look I, again. I don't think he's playing well enough. I don't think his weapons are great. I think they're good. I think they. I think we have some good pieces for the Patriots on offense, but. If you can't block, you can't really run the offense, you know, you know well. And he, his processing has been really bad. His pocket presence has been bad. But it goes back to me. I just don't think he trusts the line around him. And you, when when you don't trust the line in front of you, Russ, what happens? You get they're going to get skittish in the pocket, which is right. why you see him tuck and run so often. Because see, and that drives me nuts. To be honest with you, of I know course. he's making positive yards on this. But maybe I am spoiled, Derek, from Tom Brady, but Tom Brady never did this. Tom Brady would move within the pocket, find the open receiver, and throw the flipping ball. He doesn't do this. He might. He might. See, here's the thing, though, Russ, to your point. He might get three or four yards, so it's positive runs. But you're not going to move the ball with Mac Jones getting three or four yards each play. No, you're not. That's that's how the offense frustrates me. It's not. Steve, I want to go over to you. And you and I talked about this. This was a significant loss. It's not my attempt to downplay the play of the offensive line. I thought they were horrific. This is just something that I think caused some of the problems. Others, you could say, are just individual issues. Players need to play better. But the loss of Andrews was a ripple effect throughout that entire offensive line, I think. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, he's the steadying influence. He's the guy everything runs through on that offensive line. And when he's not there, you know, the Jets have, I think right now, the best, you know, interior defensive lineman in the league. I think uh, Quinton Williams right now is playing better than anybody else. I, I think you can make that argument. And I'll stand by that one. And when you have a guy that's been disrupting everything, like basically a game wrecker all right. season – going against your backup center, that throws everything else into a tailspin. Now, I, I think, you know, when Andrews comes back, it's going to anchor things up. I, I don't have a big problem with Trent Brown, but the other thing that really needs to get fixed is the right tackle position. I think Marcus Cannon is fine when they're running the football, but as Derek mentioned a few minutes ago, <clears throat> excuse me, he doesn't have the feet anymore. To, no. You know, to hang with speed rusher, right. the bull rush guys he can handle because he's a big dude himself. But those speed rushers, yeah, they're going to get him every time. Yeah, and so that it was a snowball effect. I I kind of expected it. I thought it was actually going to be worse than it was. Um, if that could, <laughs> if that could be possible, the way the offensive line played, I don't think it is. But okay. But you this know what I'm 100%. saying. I, I thought that yeah. it was going to lead to several turnovers in the game. Okay, and they avoided that at least. Yeah, they absolutely did. All right, but, guys, let's yeah. go to the other side of the ball because I really want to focus on the defense. 
twofold. Let's start with, I'm going to call this the Bemba Don't Brink Returns. Maybe it wasn't. Derek, do you think this was Bemba Don't Break a little bit? Or oh, yeah. I'm not saying it was on purpose. I'm just saying, especially the play that set you off early in the game about the play of the defense, and then I was tweaking you a little bit. But there was more than one of those. And I think that was a return of the Bemba Don't Break because once they get around the 30-yard line, and especially in the red zone, they make it difficult on you. That's a positive. But that's why I'm going. Is this Bemba don't break again? Well, I think sometimes when they go to zone, there's just a lot more space to operate. So when you get inside the 30, there's just less room. I think it gets kind of just the windows get tighter. And I I don't think they're a bad defense. I think that they've shown to be opportunistic, but I don't think they're an overly good defense. I give them credit for how they defended the run this week. Um, and, And I think Steve alluded to that earlier. But outside of that Tyler Conklin touchdown early, again, great throw by Wilson, great catch by Conklin. Uh, I thought they did a really nice job in the red zone. Um, yeah. They, uh, and and I would say this too. I mean, the secondary has kind of been what we expected, isn't it? I mean, isn't this, I, 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 for the most part, it, sure, we've had some guys emerge. Like I thought I thought Jabril Peppers played pretty good at yeah. times in this. I thought Adrian Phillips continues to play good. Devin McCourty had a couple of picks. But the cornerbacks are kind of what we expected. I mean, I don't think that's just, I, I think it's kind of gone chalk for me. I mean, Jalen Mills has made some plays. He's given up some. Jack Jones has been a bit of the surprise, which is great to see. Jonathan Jones has been in his self. But, I mean, they don't have, like, a shutdown cornerback or anything like that. They have a bunch of pieces in the secondary, and I think they give up some plays and they take some away. I mean, they, it's been it's been pretty much what I expected to this point. But I do think Ben don't break is appropriate, Russ. I totally agree. Okay. How much did they miss Kyle Duggar in this game, Derek? I think they missed Kyle Duggar, but I think at the same time, Duggar has been a little inconsistent himself. I mean, he's he's really he's 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 really made some a nice step, I think, this year. Uh, hits like a Mack truck, really plays the run well, um, always around the ball. Uh, I do think his his coverage uh, is still issues an issue at time. Uh, which has been kind of consistent with his career. But I do think they missed him. Luckily, I think that we've we talked about this before the season started. The safety group is deep. They have a oh, lot yeah. of good safeties. And I so I think he was missed, but I think Peppers and Phillips played well in his Pick place. Slack, Bledsoe, yeah. Bledsoe got some run. And honestly, like I said, that with his coverage on Tyler Conklin was really good. Like, it was. I, it was, I agree with It you. was just one of those things where it's like there's no defense for a good throw and catch. And no. that was kind of the epitome of it. I mean, he was sticky in coverage all day long. All day long, uh, and I and I watched it specifically uh, over again because I was kind of curious in him because he is a player that kind of made some noise as a sixth round pick after missing his rookie year, and and I think um, you know potentially he could have a role in this team next year. So I was curious to watch him, and I I thought he was competitive back there. Okay, Steve, over to you. Thoughts on what Derek and I were talking about, and also feel free to share your thoughts on Kyle Duggar. I think you had some things you wanted to say as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I I don't think they were playing Ben, but don't break. It just kind of turned into Turned out that, that way, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think they were trying to stop them. You know, they weren't, um, they weren't conceding anything. It just happened that way. Um, I think they missed Duggar a lot. Okay. Um, because I think he's a rising star. I'm not taking anything away from Bledsoe. You know, I've been, you know beating the Bledsoe drum since they drafted him. So I, I like him. I think he's going to be a good player. You know, he just doesn't have much experience. But like Derek said, on that play, I mean, he was – he's charged with the touchdown, but you couldn't have played it much better. Um, okay. I thought, you know – and I I like Conklin. I think he's a I, really good football player. Oh, he's player. very good. I Derek and brought Ga- that up earlier. And Garrett Wilson is going to be another star, hopefully yeah. not in New York. No, listen, they, to the Jets' credit, they have a, some good talent on both sides of the ball. I want to give them credit. Steve, I want to ask you about a player. Every time I see this player on the field, I think of you right away. I don't know if you got a chance to look at Anthony Jennings at all in this game. Yeah, he uh, – I mean, he's your strong side guy. You know, he's done a good job against the run. He can get pressure on the quarterback. I don't think he had much this week. Okay. I, I'm, that's not – sticking out from the couple of times I watched the tape. Okay. But um, 
I, you know, I've always liked Jennings as well. Yeah. When they drafted him, I thought he was going to be a nice fit. And I think, you know, that he he played a little bit in his first year. They kind of moved him all over the place because of injuries. And, you know, he suffered for that. He missed all of last year. I think he's coming into his own this year. I think he's only going to get better. Okay. To both of you, Derek, what about the Josh Uche experiment? It seems to be failing even though he plays a little bit. What are your thoughts? I just think that, unfortunately, he hasn't been able to develop into the kind of player that I think they thought or we were hoping for. Um, you know, I, I, he just has to be used situationally, and, and it's, he can't set the edge. That's too bad, man. Uh, That's he, too bad. That's not why, why you wanted to draft a guy like that. Not in the second round. <laughs> I mean, that's not he's not a, he's not a second round player, uh, and and I, I think that situationally he can be used to cover out of the backfield, like a cover a back out of the backfield with his speed yeah. a little bit, and to get set some pressure. But he can't he can't really tackle that well. He can't set the edge well. He really can't cover. I mean, I think luckily they've gotten some nice production from Jelani Tavai and. Um, from Anthony Jennings that I wasn't really seeing. I mean, I, 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 I didn't. I was with everybody else during the preseason. Did understand why Tavai was on the team. I don't think he's. I think again, he's kind of a role player too. But as someone who can kind of set the edge and and do things like that, I think he does a pretty good job at times. You know, he's he was little. a second round draft pick too, which is crazy. Yes, and yeah, by um, the Lions. And, yeah. yeah, by yeah. the Lions, he's second round. Yeah, and I don't want to say that you've kind of done what you did with. Kyle Van Noy to the Lions with a, with a, uh, with a relatively high-ish pick because I think Van Noy is a better player and I think right. that would be unfair to him and I think it'd be unfair to Tavai. But I think in spots, you know, I think Tavai has shown I think he has a role. He hasn't been yeah. a disaster, um, at, you know, uh, and he hasn't been. He's, there's been a lot of other players that have I have issues with before I get to Tavai, which has been surprising. Yeah, the you front know, seven with, in general, with him yeah. against some of these ahead, heavy sir. running teams. You know, like the Browns, well, not so much the Browns last week, but, you know, the Lions, uh, you know, some of the other heavy running teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that that's where his role comes in because he's a big dude. He's downhill big time, and yep. he's a thumper. So and he does a good it, job, Steve, of keeping kind of keeping his edge integrity, keeping his eyes on the backfield and watching the ball. And if he does engage with a blocker, I think he does a good job of getting off his blocks and going for the tackle and at least pushing the ball to the sidelines or to another player. Like, I think he, he does a good job of, you know, kind of rerouting guys. Yeah. yeah. He's okay. just, I mean, you, you don't want him covering a tight end or a back out of back. No, okay. but to be fair, he was covering <clears throat> TJ Hawkinson, who apparently the Patriots are going to see again on Thanksgiving after the crazy trade deadline yesterday. Yeah. And he did an okay job on TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, yeah he Lions did. Game. He did. So, I, I, but I, to your point, I don't think that's that's not that's he's not my first choice or who I want in coverage. No. But I, okay. I was just using that as an example. Okay, Steve, you, quickly, your thoughts on Uche, and then I want to focus back on the yeah. defense when we talk about Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, coming into Sunday's game, he only had one tackle this year, and so I just, just don't, don't get it. I don't. They don't trust him. Well, Is it a lack of trust? He's, he he's so limited, and you know he's uh, he's got some. Uh, impressive pass rush potential, but that that's about it. I mean, you don't want him on the field if you're worried that the team might run. Yeah. Um, and like Derek said, he's not great in coverage. He's kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah. But, you know, they – I mean, it's not for lack of trying by both sides. The Patriots have trotted him out there every year. And, you know, like this year again, he had a tremendous training camp. You know, and then it falls because, apart once the games start. Yeah, because then teams they they're like, we're just like the other guy that I'm always complaining about. When they want to run the football, they look see which side Uche is on. <laughs> just like when they want to, they need a throw. Yep. They look where 27 is, and <laughs> Sunday was no exception. Okay, I, I know where you're going on that, but well, to be fair though, too, there are some guys who. I, this is going to sound weird, but whatever. Um, there are some guys that just look good and running around in shorts and sh you know shorts and a, and a no, shirt. No, I understand. And Josh Uche and Josh Uche is one of those guys. He's an athlete. Yep. He's yep. an athlete. So in training camp, okay. Steve, that's where he can stand out. But yep. 
I would say the same thing for Johnu Smith. You know, he, he yeah. stands out at times in, in practice. And then oh, be careful. And then Someone's during the games, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Claire, don't get don't get Claire hot and bothered over there with, with good tight end talk. But you know, it's like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, when the when the actual game starts and football needs to be played, I just think that's where the athletes and the football players separate themselves. No, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Guys, let's finish up talking about this game, focusing still on, on the defense. But I have a question, Steve. I'll go to you. Because I thought the Patriots got really good pressure, especially in the second half on Zach Wilson. I think that's what caused a lot of the mistakes. But at, to Derek's point, doesn't excuse the decision-making, which was horrific. But no. they put him in that situation. So it's a little bit of both in my eyes. What happened with Zach Wilson? I don't want to it all be about, oh, he's a terrible decision maker. That's true. But he had to be put in that position to make these mistakes. Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, Derek mentioned this at the outset of the show. The Jets coaches, it was like they controlled the entire first half, I thought. Yeah, you know? I agree. And then, you know, the Patriots got the field goal, made it like what, 10 to 6. They get the second half kickoff. They go down, score a touchdown, take the lead. Then all of a sudden, it seemed like the Jets coaches were like, you know, they're only three points behind. We got to start airing the ball out. And, and that's it seemed exactly like everything what they went did. to the pass. And they're that's, only three points incredible. down. And the Patriots weren't showing like, okay, they're, they're just going to roll up and down the field on you. That that wasn't the case. No. But uh, to back to your point, yeah, the two guys – on defense for the Patriots that didn't really show up great in the, uh, in like the box score, but had a tremendous uh, influence on this game were Dietrich Wise and Matt Judon. Okay. Between them two, they had 15 pressures on Wilson. And Dietrich Wise, I don't think gets enough credit. I think part of it he has pl- to. Do- he played all but five snaps. He is having an exceptional year, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> exceptional. He's having an exceptional year. I mean, and, you're talking about a big, you know, defensive lineman. He, where right. does he go? 290, 295? Yeah, I he's mean, long. he's a he's big real dude. long, too. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. their type of player, but I know when they drafted him, and I know what Patriots fans thought of him that he was just a guy. But is it fair to say he has emerged this season and we should be giving him more credit, oh, Steve? I think that's, I, I don't even think it's a question. I mean, he's been incredible. I think he's been arguably their best interior lineman all season. Okay. I mean, who's who's been team. better on defense than him this year? I mean, it's, I was going to say, it'd be tough to, it'd be tough to put a lot of people in front of him, you know? Yeah. But, you, um, know, you know, those ahead, two Steve. guys didn't show up a lot in the box score, but man, you know, it, it seemed like every play one or the other, sometimes both were bringing pressure on Wilson. And that was a huge factor in this game. We talked about earlier about Mac Jones being under pressure. Just those two guys had 15 pressures. And they didn't um, have Christian Barmore in this game, which would have right. maybe made it even better for them. Yeah, I mean, These, Wise they had, had to really pressures. depend on these guys. And, and you know, uh, Judon had seven. So, that, yeah. you know, that that was a, a really good game for the, for the Patriots pass rush, I thought. And they only sacked him twice. But it's, sometimes it's not always about sacks. It's about the pressure. Right. And and they were flushing him. Granted, I mean, uh, I think Derek mentioned this earlier as well. You know, he tends to want to, you know, float out to his left or right. Yep. Sometimes when he doesn't have to. But I thought a lot, and especially in the second half in this game, he was forced to. And that was my point in bringing this up. But again, I... The decisions that this guy made, Derek, and you've already said this, are just horrific. If he was the Patriots quarterback, we'd be ripping him left and right. As you said, great arm, 10-cent head. I mean, that's basically what this is. Zach Wilson was in his interview after the game, too. Zach Wilson is the first player since Matt Stafford in 2013 to throw for 350 yards and have under 50% completion percentage. That's hard to do. And I want, I, I do, I was thinking about this over the weekend too. And 
you know, Zach Wilson, when he was when he was at BYU before he really when he, before he really I was going to ask boards, you your thoughts when he was at BYU. So Did you see this I, then? Yes. So I act before I'm, I'm not to toot my own horn, but before he really got a whole like he was on people's radars, but he wasn't a top, high first rounder. I tweeted out something watching a game. And I go, who is this kid? Because you see the arm talent pop, but. What some people forget, and Russ, if when you watched him at BYU, his offensive line was terrific, and he had one of the softest schedules in the entire country. And I was thinking about this during the game because I was thinking to myself, you know what? Zach Wilson had a great offensive line, and his schedule was soft. Mac Jones didn't have a soft schedule, but his offensive line and his weapons were the best in the country. He's at Alabama. Yeah. Both of these young quarterbacks had perfect situations in college. They both yeah. had it. Quarterback-friendly offenses, great offensive lines, good weapons around them for the most part. And then they come to the NFL, and their offensive lines are not perfect. And and the speed is faster, and the opponents are harder. And I think it's just – I I just had this kind of like – I don't want to call it an epiphany, but it was just kind of a train of thought that I had where it was like, you know what? These two quarterbacks just look like guys that haven't really dealt with – pocket adversity or tough things and so is I this think- why bailey zappy can deal with it better I, I i'm not saying that he should be the starter i'm not going there i'm just talking about why yeah, he so, is able to deal with it so paul perillo of patriots.com i thought had a really good thought over the weekend and he basically was saying that mac didn't last year it didn't affect mac as much because he was like almost ign- I, I'm, I'm not putting words on his i'm i'm kind of I'm uh, paraphrasing. These aren't his exact right. words, but like he basically was like, you know, Mac Jones was not expecting pressure because he never really dealt with it at Alabama. So he kind of yeah. came in and he was kind of carefree and he was kind of, he was trusting his line more and the line was better by the way, yeah, you know, they were better. Yeah. but, but now the line's worse and he's getting hit more. And since the end of last year to this summer, the line has, has gotten worse and he's gotten hit more. And now we're seeing, Worst pocket feel, worst yeah. trust in the line, more duck, duck and covers with running Russ. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. I just think, I do think there is something related there, and I'm hoping he can snap out of it. I, hope I really so. am, because I, hope so, I think that if you can get him to snap out of it, we'll get the Mac Jones that we saw last year and then some. I, but Derek, until he, that's what until you and the I line want. is better and until he trusts it, we're, we're, we're watching the same thing over and over again. I, I'm hope I'm, Hoping I'm wrong, but we have yet to see Mac Jones have a really strong game outside of some of the Baltimore game. And really, okay. the, it, it, otherwise, it's been really a, a, a regression by him. Okay, good stuff. All right. I want to share a couple of comments from our friend Chris Goodwin. Oh, guys, I missed the stuff. Was there a rant from Derek? I wouldn't really say a rant, Derek. I, you did talk a little bit, but, you know, again, I tweet Derek. We talked a little bit about no. that, how I actually did do this on purpose. So Derek knows that. No no, no rant for me this week, Chris, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Chris follows us up on a talk about Dietrich. Wise, underrated. Couldn't agree more. And finally from Chris, to be fair, if Tom Brady was quarterback, he might struggle with this offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, Steve, before we move on, this reminded me a little bit of some of those games against the Jets with Tom Brady. Yep. Because uh, the Jets always gave, uh, invariably the Patriots won those matchups, but his numbers were not good Brady. against the Jets, especially yeah, yeah. They, they, in the Meadowlands. They, they weren't Brady-esque numbers against no. the Jets most no, times. No, and, were, and, and to be fair, because I know we've talked about this a lot today, just to kind of just say this. Yep. I think a lot of quarterbacks would be struggling with the way the offensive line has had for the Patriots. It's not just Mac. And again, I don't want to be a Mac apologist. I'm not saying that he's not excused for some of his throws. I don't think he's been good, but I think both can be true. And we've seen that. We've seen that this year so far. The line has not been good. And if they can fix it up front, I do think the offense will get better, but it's real. They're really having a lot of problems up front right now. Okay. Fair point from Derek and good stuff from Derek. And Steve, together. you know, with the talk about the offensive line, yep. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet from Doug Kyatt after the game, but Ramondre Stevenson, according to PFF, had 81 yards after contact. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. he only had 71 yards rushing. 
so what does that tell you about how the holes were, you know, for him to run through? No, oh, I thought he was four, hit two or three times before he got to the line of scrimmage at times. I mean, yeah. he was just – They had seven killed. They had seven negative plays on yeah. offense for the game, but he had more yards after contact than he did rushing for the game. Yep. Nah, and think was, about that. I mean, yeah, that's te- – it's one, it's telling you all you need to know about Ramondre Stevenson, but yep. it, it also highlights what we've been talking about with this offensive line. Totally yeah, agree. He's not, he's not quite into the – I'm not going to say he's, you know, Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey or anybody like that, but I think he's kind of entering that next tier, whatever that next tier uh, yeah, down I is. Mean, you know, I mean, he's he, really he's rounding a, out nicely. Yeah, he yeah, is. He, a, he's turned into a three-down back. He has. Mm-hmm. He has. And I'll say it one last time, boomer sooner. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Colts. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Hopefully, Steve can keep it all together. So let's get your opening thoughts on the Colts. I'm going to go to Derek first, Steve, because I think you need to compose yourself. Derek, your thoughts on the Colts? Well, the Colts have really, you know, they've – They've struggled this year, especially under the quarterback position. You go from Matt, you go to, they, they've been kind of circling, cycling through all these quarterbacks and they get to Matt Ryan and, and they bench him for Sam Ellinger. So, you know, we got a little Red River rivalry for us this week. Oh, a little yeah. Texas quarterback oh, yeah. action. Now, oh, yeah. Now, I think, I think Ellinger is kind of like your prototypical good, um, you know, college quarterback yeah, he, i don't think he's he a taller really... bailey zappy <laughs> right and so we'll 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 see <laughs> we'll see how um he does jonathan taylor has had a kind of an under underwhelming year but he's still a really good back uh the colts are good in the trenches uh and yeah. uh and and they and they are a tough team i do think again going back to me i said at the beginning of the show i am worried i i, I'm, I don't want to assume that david andrews is going to be out this week but I would be surprised if he was back given his injury. And if that's the case, you get another week of Cole yeah. Strange and James Rents at left guard and center. Oh. And when you're facing DeForest Buckner, who's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, that should worry you. Um, I, I think the Colts have been spotty. They are second in the AFC South. Uh, but uh, the only team that ha- – the, 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 the two teams that turned the ball over the most in the league – are these two, the Patriots and the Colts. That's not uh, good. And, and so, you know, the ball ball security will be key for this one because both teams have had problems giving the ball away consistently throughout the season. Okay. Steve, your opening thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was convinced that – I'm not saying they were going to be in the Super Bowl, but when they brought in Matt Ryan, I, I thought, you know, hey, they, they're going to fix what ailed them because – Last year, they had Carson Wentz. They had a good football team last year. But, you know, getting rid of Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan, I'll take that any day of the week. And it didn't work out for whatever reason. And now they basically said he's not going to play again other than maybe injury. Um, I thought that was a little surprising. Uh, Then they fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. uh, Frank Reich's going to call all the plays now, so it's kind of an unknown of how they're going to approach this week. Um, you know, I watched Sam Ellinger last week. I didn't think he played bad. In fact, at the end of the game, when they, I think they only needed a field goal to win, you know, he laid out a beautiful pass. He did. I saw it. Yeah, and it hit he the did. guy right in the hands, and he would have definitely got a field goal range. He might have even – took it to the house um, right right and you know and unfortunately it was a drop for them yeah but um you know i i thought he played pretty well it's okay. going to be interesting you know now that he got a week under his belt there is some tape on him so we'll see how uh belichick you know 
game plans around this. I mean, it's only his second start. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the Colts, to me, I think they're going to go as far as Jonathan Taylor takes them. I, so I agree, if, Steve. If, yeah, if, if you can slow him down or I don't think you're going to stop him completely, but if you can slow him down, you have an extremely good chance of winning this football game. Okay, well, I like Oklahoma's chances against Texas in this matchup. So we'll just uh, <laughs> see how this goes. All right, Derek, over to you. We're going to go, which team has the advantage? Patriots are on offense. Colts are on defense in the passing game. Who has the advantage here? I'm not giving the Patriots an advantage <laughs> in the passing game. I can't do it. I just can't. I, I can't do it. The offense, it looks – I they make, they make 8 to 17-yard passes look impossible. And I, I, I think there's certain times where you see just a little bit of semblance of offense. Like I thought that there was a play that Jacoby Myers had where Hunter Henry and Stevenson had a nice block. Yeah. And I thought it was schemed up and drawn up nice. And I, I thought there was a couple of plays, maybe that Hunter Henry got away with blocking a little far downfield um, yeah. on some pick routes, et cetera, That's this true. last game. But Hey, if they don't call them, it is what it is. And yeah. I I, th- I just feel like the offense just looks so clunky and stuck in the mud. And until they start figuring things out, I can't. I don't care who you're facing. I'm not giving you the off. I'm not giving you the advantage on anything. Okay, Steve, Patriots offense against the Colts defense in the running game. Who do you give the advantage to? You know that's a tough one this week because I know they're middle of the pack against the run i think they're 17th or 18th against the run but something to keep in mind they play derrick henry twice so far this year so i i think they're a, a little bit better against the run than maybe people are giving them credit for i think that um i, I think the patriots are going to have their struggles this week running the football okay okay I'm giving it to the colts Okay, no problem. All right, Steve, right back to Patriots defense against the Colts on offense. Who do you give the advantage in the passing game? I think you have to give it to New England. Allinger's, you know, um, he's, you know, he's only, what, played, started one game, right? They right. have some good receivers. They do. Um, Michael Pittman was the guy that dropped that pass, but, you know, I don't want to pile on him too much. I think he's a good receiver, and he's been kind of, you know, the favorite target there. Um, Alec Pierce, you know, he's been averaging like 15 and a half yards per catch. Um, you know, they have a couple other guys, uh, Naheem Hines out of the backfield. Nope. But I just think that the Patriots should be able to come up with some wrinkles in the past defense to confuse Ellinger, uh, you know, granted Derek, like Derek said, you know, he's one of these guys. <laughs> okay. I, I just think you have to give the advantage to the Patriots in this one. Okay. Fair point. Derek in the running game, Patriots defense against the Colts offense. Who has the advantage? I'm going to, um, I'm going to give the uh, the advantage to the Patriots here. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is a phenomenal back, but the Colts have been extremely, extremely underwhelming in the running game this year, and it's not what really a lot of people expected. They're ranked somewhere in the low 20s. They've only put somewhere they've only they've only put up 702 yards. They, their longest run of the year has been 28. They've had you know uh, they've had four turnovers for, for or four fumbles, I should say. Um, they're averaging 3.7 yards a carry, and I think the Patriots showed last week that maybe their run defense is rounding into form a little bit. And I think what does Belichick usually do? He's going to take away what the other team does best. And what I what what would most hamstring Ellinger would be to take Jonathan Taylor out of this game and put the game in his hands. And then uh-huh. they'll probably play some. They'll probably spin the dial on the back end, send some periodic blitzes mix up man and zone and they'll just wait and wait it out for him to make the mistake. And so that's how I see them playing this game. And I just think that stopping Jonathan Taylor should be priority one with the bullet this week. If okay. you're the Patriots. Okay. Well, you that's know, gonna... an amazing stat. You know, when I looked at the stats this week, the Colts were only averaging less than 90 yards a game rushing. Yeah. They're again, eight through eight games. They're 702 yards. Yeah, I mean, that's I, – I thought – at first I thought that was a misprint because I'm like, 
that can't be not with Jonathan Taylor on this team. Right. But then I, I looked at his individual stats and he's only got, I think it's 460 or 462 yards rushing this year. Okay. Good. I'm stuff. just sharing this. I'm just sharing this real quickly before our keys. Cause Chris, you know, yep. he's always, you know, he, he, he's always, he's always listening. So I want to give him the, 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 the time. But the issues in the passing game, Chris, in my opinion, are it's it's all of the above. It's offensive line. It's it's play calling at times. Really poor play design, quarterback play, lack of separation at times. Although I think it's been better than years past this season in that in that end. But I just I just think it's an I just think it's everyone's complicit in why the passing game is having so many issues. It starts up front. The quarterback sped up and and not making not really going through the process the way he needs to. And I just don't think the offensive design is really that elaborate. So, okay. All right. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Derek. Steve, I'll give you first crack of three keys to victory and your prediction. Well, I think, you know, this game needs to be won in the trenches. Um, you know, offensively, <clears throat> you need to run the football. When the Patriots are running the football, everything seems to mesh together a lot more smoothly, you know. Um, and that's like that for any team. But right. Especially, I think, for this team, um, you know, when they're running the football, it seems like the offensive line gets a jolt of confidence and they play better overall. Uh, it seems like that it goes hand in hand when they do that, that the pass protection gets better. I, You know, I think you need to run the football and obviously you need to stop the Colts from running the football and force the, the game into Alan Drew's hands. Okay. What's your prediction, Steve? I think that uh, this week, I think the Patriots will hold serve at home. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. 24 to 16. 24 to 16. Okay, Derek, your three keys and your prediction. Well, speaking of Jonathan Taylor, he's not practicing today. And we're recording this Wednesday, November 2nd. uh, And he tweaked that ankle that he missed two games earlier in the season. So he has an ankle sprain right now and he's not practicing. So that's a big storyline to keep an eye on, obviously, oh, wow. going into this game. Uh, so I, I didn't know he off. was hurt. So I didn't know that, either. I, that, that I, I might explain his pedestrian numbers so far. Yeah, he's been dealing with that ankle. You know, he didn't miss a practice in high school or college or his whole rookie year until earlier wow. this year where he missed a game. He didn't miss a practice, let alone a game. And now he's missed two. And now he's had a, he's, this, so this ankle injury must be something serious. Um, three keys, Russell, keep it real simple. Um, plan for for the Patriots. First things first, got to hold on to the ball. These two teams give the ball away more than any two teams in the league. You don't turn the ball over. They're going to, you're going to have an opportunity to win this game. Second key is you got to stop the run, put the ball in Ellinger's hands. And the third key for me is I want to Patriots offense establish a rhythm in this game. I we've seen it periodically. We saw it coming out of the third quarter. Like you mentioned Russ earlier in the show, they need to try to get some kind of drive starter. Like, let's start with like the old um, uh, Brandon LaFell. Like, you know, give me a give me a good like seven eight yard catch just to get the drive going a little right. bit. You know, just to just to lay up, just let the shooters see the ball go through the hoop. All the sports metaphors you want. They need to figure out a way to get momentum going on offense, and they have to figure that out quickly. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, for me, I think the Patriots are going to win this game handily. I'm not ready to pencil in anything like, you know, because we are two weeks off that Bears game. Let's not right. forget. But I do think the Patriots are going to play better um, than the Colts this week. I do think they'll stop the run. And I think they'll ultimately, uh, you know, pull away. I'm going to say Patriots 26, Colts 16. Okay. I'm going to go with Chris Goodwin, our friend here. 27-17. I'm going to go right with Chris here. And I just want to say this before we end the show. Chris, thank you, thank you, thank you for watching all of our shows. We really appreciate it. Chris is unbelievable. You guys already know this, but I'm going to share this one more time. I do a show about Fulham Football Club called Cottage Talk. Chris watches every episode. He's not a Fulham supporter. Chris, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. He must be a fan of me. I have no idea why, but thank you, Chris. I have I no really idea have... either. You didn't have to say that, Derek. <laughs> I knew that you back was Twitter. You didn't have to go there, Derek, to end the show. <laughs> I, I, I do to... another Patriot show, One Patriot Place, and Chris is always on that one as yep. well. Yeah, Chris and, is on board. Uh, he's, he's, he's always there listening, 
making comments, asking questions. Yeah, we have we have a lot of good list. We have a lot of good listeners, but we Chris do. is certainly in the in the MVP or the the MVP conversation. He is. So. He is. Uh, <laughs> Claire's up there too, but she doesn't watch Cottage Talk, so we're gonna put Chris a little ahead. Why would, there. Why, oh! would why would she do that? <laughs> Enough, Derek. Okay, that's the reason to end the show. Before we go, <laughs> just want to mention one last time: subscribe on YouTube to Patriots.com's YouTube channel and also on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other Patriots fans find us, especially on YouTube. I've been talking to a music producer who tells me how difficult it is with the algorithm on YouTube. You really need subscribers. You really do. So please do subscribe on YouTube. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Patriots 4th and 2. For Derek Havens and Steve Balsheri, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com.